Hi, I'm Christine Esposito, and welcome to this new Happy Podcast. As a family-owned company headquartered in the woods of Gilsom, New Hampshire, Badger has built its reputation by delivering natural products and caring for the community and the earth at the same time. Today, the second generation is at the helm, Rebecca Hamilton and Emily Schwerin-White, and we have both of them on the line today. Welcome, Emily and Rebecca. Hi, thank you. Thanks. All right. Hey, thanks for joining us. So I know it's been a busy year already for your company. You've launched new sunscreens, and they've won some awards, too. Rebecca, can you tell me a little bit more about these and that the honor that they won as well? Yeah, absolutely. Well, so we've been making sunscreens since 2005, and uh, what was really exciting about the awards this year is we won the award on our new uh, kids' sunscreen, but we also won an award that was just really about the long-standing leadership in creating safe, effective, uh, environmentally friendly sunscreens. And so that was really a culmination of many years of being a leader in the industry. Well, that's great. You know, the concept that we're hearing more about these days is this whole idea of reef safe, and I think it's rising in awareness lately with some of the legislation that's, um, that's passed in places like Hawaii and Key West. But it really isn't a new concept for your company, is it? No, and so part of this is that when we first came out with our sunscreen in 2005, really we had the sole focus of creating the safest sunscreen and also being a company that focuses on organic and things that are good for the environment, we were also thinking about that as well. And so we made one of the first mineral sunscreens uh, here in the U.S. back before it was as popular as it is now to have mineral sunscreens. And we also wanted to make sure that we had a, a stance as a leader in the industry. And so we really were taking a scientific approach and reviewing any, anything that was published. And in 2008, uh, there was a study, Sunscreens Cause Coral Bleaching, and that came out by Donavaro. And we read that study and realized that there were some concerns with some ingredients, such as oxybenzone, which is in 70% of uh, sunscreens today. And so we started communicating about that study and, and talking to our customers about the concerns of uh, coral reef safety and, and making sure that our sunscreens didn't damage coral reefs back back in 2008, and it hasn't been until this past year or two that it's become mainstream, that people are really focusing on it, and that we've been seeing legislation passed to ban oxybenzone, uh, among other sunscreen ingredients that are shown to cause coral bleaching. Right, you're definitely well ahead of the curve in that respect for sure. So I know that um, this summer you're both going to hit a milestone in terms of both serving as co-CEOs of the company that your father started. And I'm wondering maybe, Emily, we can start with you, but can you tell me a little bit about how this past year has been for you in this official position with the company? Yeah, it's been an exciting transition. I think both me and my sister have been here full-time at Badger for about 10 years, um, most recently, and we were here before then too. But we've put a number of years in in different roles in the company, and we've been part of the leadership team for many, many years. So in some ways, the transition was, I think, very subtle for us because we have this amazing collaborative leadership team. We were already part of it, and we were able to really move forward with that same team in place with just us holding different roles within it. And in other ways, I think it surprised both of us how different it has been, too, that we really 
are looking at things from a different position and thinking, wow, if we are the ones leading, not just part of this team, but if we are leading, how do we want to lead and where do we see this company going into the future? So I think it's been a really exciting transition for us. All right, great. You know, and obviously I'm going to ask this question too because I know family-run businesses always have like a really interesting dynamic, and I'd love to know how both of you work together and share that role. Emily, maybe you can start off by telling us, you know, what does Rebecca do well? And Rebecca, I'd love to know where you see Emily's strength is in terms of what she brings to the company. Sure. Yeah, it's uh, it's a fun question because we actually have spent time as a family on this, trying to identify our different strengths because, as you said, I think the family dynamic can either be a really wonderful thing in a family business or it can be a challenging thing. And um, so what Rebecca does is she is actually, she's very visionary and she also has really high ideals. And so she kind of can see into the future in a different way. She sees where she wants us to be and isn't really held back by the day-to-day limitations because she knows that we can't get there right away, but if we don't kind of set our sights on something, we aren't going to get there in the future either. And so I think that's something that's really exciting in working with her is just having that kind of forward-thinking, opportunity-focused view of kind of where to take the business. And Rebecca, so where do you see um, Emily's strength is in terms of what she delivers to the company? Well, Emily's multifaceted and has part the visionary strength of looking at where we're going into the future, uh, but also an incredibly pragmatic problem-solving approach where she can very quickly see the uh, most practical route to get from point A to point B and and how to lead our company forward into the future and, and what the operational efficiencies are to make us get there. But that's paired with also having a really creative artistic side. Um, so it's not just the pragmatic pra- practical, but it's it's kind of a combination of both. That uh, sounds like you guys are a great team. So, you know, obviously you're an indie business and a certified B Corp too as, um, as well. I'm wondering how much do you focus on the culture within your company? Yeah, uh, that's, it's something that I think we're really known for is our company culture. And I think that we now do focus on culture. But when the company started, I would say that we didn't think about it that way. We when the company started, our dad had been a carpenter and he started this small business that was a few people and kind of added a few people each year. And so the culture has really grown from that seed of kind of working with people you like, all hands on deck, eating lunches together, going outside, playing badminton, that kind of unintentional culture that just gets created when you have a community of people working together has now turned into something that's really core to who we are as a business. And as you get bigger, I think it does actually take intention and focus to keep that cultivated. And so some of the things I think we're known for now, we have a Babies at Work program where parents can bring their babies to work with them for the first six months. And then after that, we actually have a near-site childcare that is subsidized by Badger that goes up to age three. And 
we also still do lunches together, except now we have a dining room and we have two chefs and it's an organic meal that's a hot meal and salad bar that's prepared for us every day um, that's free to employees. And so I think it's those things that, again, they don't seem intentional at first, but then you create these programs around them that make it feel like we're in a community here and not just kind of coming to work each day. Uh, sounds like it's a, it's definitely a great community that you've built there. You know, and as a quick follow-up, is it better's intent to remain an indie business? We've seen so much more um, activity in the space. Um, it's so much more competitive. And we've witnessed a number of, like, indie brands or forward-thinking brands like yours that have become part of larger multinationals. So I'm just curious to know if, you know, the immediate plan right now is to stay an independent operation. Yeah, it's definitely our plan to continue being an independent, uh, family-owned and operated business. We have just made that second-generation transition, which I think is exciting. Not every business has that opportunity to kind of hand over leadership and continue forward independently. And I think we're really lucky that both me and my sister are passionate about doing this business. And I think we both feel that this is our... Uh, the vehicle we've been given to make positive change in the world. And if we thought that there was another path where we could really have the kind of positive impact as we can have with Azure, we'd be having a different conversation. But really, this is the most amazing business to allow us to think about how we can um, be active on climate change and think about how we can make a difference in our local community and uh, so absolutely, we, we have every intention of continuing to run the business independently. That's great. So let's shift gears just a little bit. I'm wondering if you can maybe explain to me what you look for in terms of the companies that you work with, uh, either ingredient suppliers, your packaging partners, or other types of partnerships. Um, you know, just what, what do you look out for when you're seeking out those, um, those companies that you want to partner with? I would say that kind of on a broader scale, we're looking for mission alignment. So when we try and find a new partnership, whether it's the bank that we work with, which we actually have a local community-owned B Corp bank that we work with, or uh, you know different partnerships across the board, if we can find ones that are mission aligned, then we feel like we have a common language of, of what we're trying to do together. From an ingredient standpoint, we layer on the ingredient standards that are important to us. Uh, for many years, the predominant one has been USDA certified organic for our products. But we're also looking at uh, environmental sustainability. And, and more recently, we've really recognized the value of having both certified organic and also ingredients that are grown in a regenerative agricultural way. And uh, that's something that's been a focus for us kind of in this new year and in the, in the year ahead as well. Oh, okay. That's very interesting because I was going to ask my next question before we wrap up was, you know, what's next for Badger? What can consumers expect from your brand as we move forward through the rest of this year? Well, we, of course, always have exciting new products that we're working on in the background. So there will be new products that we'll be coming out with. But from a company perspective, uh, when Emily and I took on more of a leadership role and started looking at the future of our company, the big shift that we had was to try and look outward and say what kind of impact can we have beyond 
our property here and our company and our the employees our immediate community and the the major crisis that we see that we wanted to be involved in trying to help find solution for is around climate change and being a an ingredient agricultural ingredient based company we see regenerative agriculture as a opportunity for us to enact change and so we've taken this year as our year of exploration to try and figure out how we can really engage with that. And for those who don't know what regenerative agriculture, it's agricultural techniques that focus on sequestering carbon, for drawing down carbon from the atmosphere or locking carbon into the soil. So it's a, a, a tool to combat climate change. And so we're really looking at the different ways that we can engage with that. Uh, here on our own site, we're actually working on a regenerative agricultural project on our property. We have 16 acres here that we're working with a local university and different experts and trying to figure out, you know, tangibly what does it look like. And we've uh, committed to being a climate change victory garden here on site at Badger and, and showing what that means for our community so other community members can do the same. And then uh, we're looking at how we can work with our greater ingredient suppliers, and then we're also beginning to act as an advocate for it out in the world, both on legislation. We have a healthy soils legislation in New Hampshire that's just getting started that we're engaged with, and just generally bringing the idea of regenerative agriculture to the mainstream uh, climate change conversation. Well, there's definitely a lot, um, a lot in the works for sure in that area specifically. Um, Emily and Rebecca, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing a little bit more about what's going on um, from the company in a product perspective, but also just you know all of the work that you're doing in terms of growing the business and um, being an advocate for change in the space too. So thanks so much for joining us. Great, yeah, thank thanks you. for having us.